Welcome back, everyone. We've got a special Locked On crossover episode of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Penguins. I am joined by Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. Hunter, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing up pretty good, John. How are you doing? Doing good. You know, I'll be doing better if the Rangers can get a win tonight and get two points off of a big division rival, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. How are the Penguins looking? Uh, well, you might be able to get your wish tonight. Cindy Crosby is out uh, for this game. He's actually out for the next two to three games with a lower body injury, as well as Chris Letang is still week to week. So the Penguins are still battling the injury bug that they have it's been going on ever since the season started, basically. I, I saw that, and I wanted to ask you about Sidney Crosby. Is, is this a long-term deal with him? Is he he's just going to miss one or two games, it sounds like? It's not. We're not really sure yet, though. though the questions were asked to, yesterday to Mike Sullivan, and he was like, well, what is long-term? And that kind of answer doesn't really sit well with me, considering um, just the way he like always describes injuries. But I think he's going to have more information today. He's definitely out for the two games this week, because they would also go to New Jersey after this game, and then they have a back-to-back after that game against the Maple Leafs. So I doubt that they, he would play the next three games, at least. I think at the earliest he may return next week. But that's just uh, me guessing at this point. Gotcha. And I feel your pain as well because, you know, Mika Zibanejad a couple games ago against the, the Boston Bruins, he suffered what they're calling an upper body injury. And the Rangers are always kind of vague with these injuries. You know, I don't know if they're trying to just protect privacy as much as it's humanly possible to protect the pro athlete's privacy. But, you know, Zibanejad's been missing. I, th- I believe it's four games now, and they just keep saying he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day. And now it's it's been yeah. revealed he's he's not going to play tonight, and he's also not going to make their upcoming road trip. They have they have a two-game road trip, and he's not going there either. So for day-to-day, this, this does seem to be lingering for a long time. So I, I definitely feel your pain as far as the injury bug is concerned. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Mike Sullivan to a T there. He'll only ever say day-to-day lower body injury. He won't ever describe what the injury actually is for whatever reason. He's always been – uh, vague like that. I remember uh, Chris. They, they've done they, they've done that so many times with Chris Letang, and then he's been out for like a month or two, and they, and they just keep saying he's day to day. So I don't really understand. But yeah, the Penguins will be shorthanded two of their best players tonight, as well as Patrick Hornquist. But uh, yeah, yeah very unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know if that's just a hockey thing or if it's just a Rangers Penguins team thing where you know, what, however much time they say they're going to miss, basically just multiply by three, and then you've got your real answer. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically what I've uh, learned from. Uh, Mike Sullivan, his head coach, he won't ever reveal how long they're out. Besides, other when he says longer term, that basically means about three weeks to a month, to potentially more than that. Gotcha. All right, so now, Hunter, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was I noticed through some of your tweets that it looks like there's at least a small contingent of Penguins fans that, you know, want to trade Evgeny Malkin. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Is that as absurd as it seems, or is, is, there, any, is there any credence to that? Uh, it always happens when he starts to play bad. Uh, I haven't really seen it too much this season yet, say, considering he's only played a few games, though. Every off season is when that talk usually comes up. So far this season, it's been kind of um, not so much, but um, I, it's still it's still ridiculously ludicrous to consider trading him since he's an all-time rate. I mean, he's definitely slowed down maybe a little bit considering a couple injuries and he's getting a bit older, but he's still one of the best players in the world. And, um He's just he's working his way back from this injury is what I would say. He was out for most of the season with uh, – it was an awkward play with Chris Letang at the start of the season. But um, now he's back in the lineup. He's working his way back. He's had some really nice plays, some really nice passes. But, um, yeah, it's – he's not going to get traded. He'll never get traded. I, he's going to retire our Penguins. So I don't know why people still like to bring this up every offseason or whenever he plays bad. Yeah, it's funny, you know, as an outsider kind of looking in and watching the Penguins, you know, obviously I don't see every game, but 
as somebody who, you know, sees the Penguins a couple times every season, hey, if they want to go ahead and trade Malkin, go right ahead. That's fine by Ranger fans. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll all be cool with that. Yeah, no, I'm sure every, t- every team in the Metropolitan Division would love that. But uh, uh, he'll be playing tonight. I think he'll be in the second line. It looks like he'll be the second line center. They bumped uh, Jerry McCann up to the top line to play with uh, Jake Gensel, who, of course, always plays with Sidney Crosby. And then Malkin is going to play on the second, be the second line center. But I think they may rotate that throughout the game. I think Malkin will end up getting more minutes than McCann will. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned Jared McCann as well, because obviously, you know, I'm looking at the Penguins stats here a little bit. And, you know, you look at the point leaders, it's all mostly the, the usual suspects. You know, you've got Sidney Crosby, you've got Jake Gensel, you've got Chris Letang, you've got Patrick Hornquist, all near the top, all double digit points. But then you've got Jared McCann and, you know, Ranger fans and, and fans who don't get to see the Penguins as much may not be as familiar with him. So, I mean, what are you seeing from McCann? It, it sounds like, like you just said, he's going to be on the top line tonight in, in place of Crosby. Yeah, yeah, he's been very good to start the season. He, he came over from Florida, of course, last year with the Nick Bukestad trade. And I think he's definitely been more impressive than Bukestad has. I think Bukestad is still trying to find that, just just find that more consistency in his game. I think McCann has definitely been more consistent than him. Um, he can play wing. He can play center. Obviously, obviously he's going to play center tonight on the top line with, Gens, with Jake Gensel. He's just – he can do everything on the ice. He can play even strength. He can play on the second power play. He can kill penalties. He's so fast. He's so tenacious uh, to the puck. And he's just, he has a really nice shot, too, which is really awesome to see. He kind of came out of nowhere last year with uh, some of the stats, and it's just it came, coming to this year, too. He's been a really good fit, and the Penguins are going to have to probably re-sign him next season since I believe he's an RFA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and for the Rangers, you know, I think kind of the unsung hero is, is Ryan Strom. You know, this is a guy who he was traded. The Rangers traded for him last year. They they send Ryan Spooner away, and Spooner had come over in the Rick Nash deal with the Bruins the previous year. But Strom, you know, really five goals, eleven assists already this year. He's just kind of fit in seamlessly. Really an under the radar trade for the Rangers, but I've been kind of calling him the Rangers diamond in the rough because he really hadn't done anything that big in his career up until this season. And you know, it is just a small sample size, just fifteen games, but already with five goals and eleven assists. And you know, Hunter, I'm sure you're aware of this too. It's always fun to kind of root for these underdogs, these guys that you know, you're not really expecting a whole lot out of, and then they end up giving more to your team than you ever could have expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely been a bit, a bit of a surprise when I checked the, some of the point leaders. I saw him up there, so I did not expect to see that. But, yeah, he's definitely had a really strong start to the season. I know he was struggling a bit, I think, when he was out in um, Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken, last year yep, for a little bit. And then, of course, yeah, then I think he was also with the, uh, was it with the Islanders at the time or just Ed- Edmonton? He was with the Islanders briefly, and I think it was about, like, Five or so years ago, he had, he had a, I think it was a, a 50-point season, and that was the best of his career. He's, he's never cut, mm-hmm. really gotten all that close to it since then. And this year, you know, obviously, he's on track to, to just, you know, smash his career highs across the board. So, yeah, loving what I'm seeing from him, guy who's not afraid. You know, he'll go to the net. He'll go to the dirty places in the rink, and it seems like you can put him out there on any line. He's got good chemistry with Panera, and they've kind of moved him around from the first line to the second line. I think he even started the season on the third line. So, yeah, up and down the lineup was Strom, but, you know, the results are the same. He, he goes out there and he produces. Great penalty killer as well, which is also very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it looks, yeah he's had a really good year. Uh, how, how good has Panarin been so far? I haven't watched um, a lot of the Rangers games, but I saw he's a, he's a really good start to the season. With um, Looks like he's averaging a point per game. Has he been, like, as good as expected so far? Yeah, he's been awesome. I mean, 18 points in 15 games. He's got eight goals and 10 assists. And I think the thing that's impressed me the most about him is – this stage, you know, the stage of New York City does not seem too big for him. 
he got off to a great start, you know, right out of the starting blocks. He clicked right away. And, you know, he was working on the top line with Mika Zibanejad to start the year. And then at right wing, they kind of had a revolving door, a little bit of Jesper Foss, a little bit of Pavel Buchnevich, you know, guys kind of coming and going over there on the on the right wing on the first line. But yeah, Panarin's been awesome, man. You know, him and Zibanejad immediately have chemistry, immediately kind of, you know, establishing themselves as like this force to be reckoned with. And then Zibanejad gets hurt and you're like, oh, no, you know, is, is this going to have like, you know, an ill effect on Panarin? But it hasn't, you know, he's he's been cruising right along and, you know, Ryan Strom has stepped in on the first line and those two have chemistry and yeah, I mean, I think the thing that impresses me the most, I mean, you know he's going to score goals, you know he's going to get points and everything like that, but, you know, just the fact that it just seems like he has instant chemistry with anybody that shares the ice with him. So it's really cool to see, and, you know, this is a thing that the Rangers have been missing for a long time, because even when the Rangers, you know, they were making three straight years, I think it was, they went to the Eastern Conference or farther, but they never really had, you know, that that one dominant, like, sniper, that guy that kind of just carried the team on his back as far as scoring is concerned. And Panarin has a chance to be that guy, and so far, so good. Loving what I'm seeing from Panarin. Yeah, for a long time, I remember everyone was always like, well, how is he going to produce outside of Kane? Because, of course, him and Patrick Kane were so lethal in Chicago. Well, he squashed out pretty quickly when he went to Columbus and produced with you know, Brandon Saad and Cam Atkinson. And I saw even more questions when he went to the Rangers, oh, how will he produce next to even, like, uh, other players? But, you know, he, he squashed that, too. He, he's an elite player in this league. And he's just He's so fun to watch, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, it's pretty clear, you know, you put him in any environment, the, the guy can stand on his own two feet. I mean, I'm sure that was a great benefit from him playing with Kane early in his career. But, you know, I mean, he can he can do it on his own as well. And, you know, maybe who knows, maybe he was even giving Patrick. I mean, Patrick Kane's a phenomenal player. Don't get me wrong, but maybe he was even help, helping Patrick Kane out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I think one other thing I wanted to get to tonight is if Henrik Lundqvist starts tonight, which I think he may. uh I came across this stat. I don't think he's beaten the Penguins in three years. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that considering how much he's owned the Penguins in his career. But the Penguins have gotten him back a little bit the past couple of seasons. Yeah, you know, that doesn't really ring a bell offhand, but it's it's believable because the Penguins and Rangers have kind of gone in opposite directions these last couple of seasons. Obviously, the Rangers mm-hmm. have, have missed the playoffs the last couple of years. And, you know, um, you know, Lundqvist, I mean, he's still, to me, like, and I said this coming into the season, I still think he can be a good goalie to a very good goalie in this league. I don't know that he can really be an elite goalie anymore. That might be a little too much to expect out of him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not totally surprised when I, when I hear that just because the Rangers have kind of fallen on some hard times and they've been rebuilding. And, you know, he doesn't have the great defenseman in front of him that he used to, although they are starting to get better. But, yeah, you know, hopefully hopefully yeah. he can shake that tonight. I'm going to I'm going to look up in a second here who the starting goalies are. Um, you said it was Lundqvist for the Rangers, and who, I, who I, believe, the I believe Lundqvist. Yeah, I believe he's going to start. I know Matt Murray is definitely starting for the Penguins tonight, since considering it's not a back-to-back, and then he'll play one of the games this weekend. It'll probably be the Toronto game. I don't think they'll start Murray in New Jersey. At least, I, I mean, I don't think you need to, considering how bad the Devils have been. Right, right. You know, they, they they've been a mess. Um, you know, I, I just looked it up. It's actually going to be Georgiev tonight for the Rangers, and and he's played well this season. He actually okay. not, yeah, he actually not too long ago. Um, so Henrik Lundqvist was pulled. We had just a disastrous showing against the Bruins. They basically just ran us out of Madison Square Garden. Um, and Henrik Lundqvist was pulled between the second and third periods. Georgiev finished that game. And then Georgiev played the next three games in a row. He gave up just one goal in each of the first two. And then it, it didn't go as well in the third game. And Lundqvist has been back ever since. But yeah, going back to Georgiev tonight, which I'm cool with. You know, I, I mentioned this before the season that, you know, Lundqvist is older, so I think it's more important to get him more days off than he's probably accustomed to. 
And then you also have to find out what you have with Georgiev here because is he the goalie of the future? And obviously he gets a, a great test tonight against a Penguins team that, you know, can obviously score some goals. Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I have to look it up uh, in a second. I think he started three of the four uh, games against the Penguins last season, or at least half. And he actually he looks pretty good. I think you guys are probably – it looks like it's a 1A, 1B tandem for you guys this season with them. I think yeah. it looks, sounds like you guys are just been rotating them, basically. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a hot hand approach. You know, they um they did get Georgiev in. So Lundqvist obviously starts on opening night. I mean, that's a no-brainer. But then I think yeah. I'm pretty sure Georgiev played the second game. And ever since then, you know, it's kind of just whoever whoever's been playing better is going to get the bulk of the of the playing time. And I'm totally cool with that because again, you have to you have to manage Henrik Lundqvist at this point in his career. You can't expect him to go out there and you know start 70 games. I don't think. So you know, it's good to give him a couple of days off every now and then. And and like I said, you know, Georgiev, you, you got to find out if he's going to be the guy going forward. And, you know, he's played pretty well this season, you know, and, and we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes tonight. Big test for him tonight, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see how he uh, play, plays against the Penguins. The Penguins lately, they've been uh, they've been really outchancing all the teams that they've played. This is probably the best hockey I've seen from them. And probably at least going back to the cup years, they, they haven't played this well. I mean, they dominated the Islanders on their home rink, which is something that – doesn't really happen too much to the Islanders these days since they're so stingy defensively. They dominated the Bruins. They played well against the Blackhawks. They got rewarded. For the longest time, it was, they weren't getting rewarded um, for their efforts, and now they finally starting are. And, and Matt Murray has also been really good uh, this season in net. Uh, I think he's like about a 9-16 save percentage. He's definitely bounced back ever since that injury that started from last season. But I think the big test, I just want to see how you guys um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, I guess? Uh, I, I want to see how they go up against the Penguins who have just been out-attempting out and out-chancing teams night in and night out for like the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and, you know, your guess is as good as mine on that front because, you know, the Rangers, it's such a young team. On opening night this year, they had, I believe it was eight players aged 23 or younger dressed on opening night, which, I mean, I know mm-hmm. this league, you know, everybody wants to get younger, especially teams that are rebuilding and everything like that, but that's crazy. You know, you know, that many players, 23 or younger. And that's kind of what makes the team exciting. It's also what makes them a little nerve wracking. And it's also what makes them, you know, fun to watch on any given night because you just don't know what you're going to get night to night. Like I could see the Rangers going out and winning this game five to two tonight, or I could see them losing, you know, six to one. You just night to night, you, you really don't know what you're going to get. And that's kind of a byproduct, I think, of, you know, having such a young team. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens because it's 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 like playing roulette every night with this team, but it's been fun so far, no doubt. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's Locked On crossover episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city, and ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you, wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might have a new favorite, too. My wife and I tried DoorDash for the first time the other night, and it was awesome. It was just one of those nights you get home, we're in the Northeast, it's cold, it's raining, so there's not much incentive to go out to eat. The Rangers are about to come on, we're about to watch the game, we don't really feel like cooking, the game's starting in 10 minutes, so we tried DoorDash for the first time, and it was fantastic. One of our favorite restaurants here in Connecticut came straight to us. 
I can't recommend it enough. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Yeah, yeah. They're a team, I think, they're, I, in my opinion, I think they're still a year or two away from like fully reaching contention, but they're on their way there. That, that's for damn sure because I really like the, the – it was like the rebuild on the fly is basically what it is because the Penguins, they retooled on the fly for their cup years. It looks like the Rangers have rebuilt on the fly uh, during these transition years, and I, I really like the job that um, Jeff Gordon has done, bringing in a lot of talent, bringing up the kids. I, I really like watching Adam Fox. Um, I think Cacto has been really good for you guys this season. Yep. Uh, I saw you guys just called up um, Chateau. Is that is that his last name? Uh, Heedle is how you pronounce it. Philip Heedle. Yeah. yeah. I saw. I, I believe he just got called up too. Yeah, he was with the team for most of last year, and he had this like one brief stretch early in his run where he scored a goal in five straight games. But then for the rest of the season, he really didn't do a whole lot. And you know, they started him this year in Hartford in the minors. And, and he's back up now, and, you know, everything's just clicking. He's He's been on the second line with Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich, and those guys have really been rolling. A lot of chemistry there. And as far as I'm concerned, you can keep those three guys together from now until the end of time because that, that line looks really good. Um, now, how about for the Penguins? Is there anybody who, like, has been up from the minors this year, like a, an in-season call-up, anybody that's kind of contributed, you know, from, from the minor league system? It looks like uh, one player will be coming back in the lineup tonight. That's Sam Lafferty. He had a really strong uh, three-game sample, four-game sample earlier in the season. I think he had like three goals in his first two games. Um, he was definitely making a case, I think, to stay in the lineup. But then as the Penguins got fully healthy for basically two periods of the season, he needed <laughs> to come back up. Um, well, and they, they sent him down because the Penguins were fully healthy. But now that he's back up with two forwards down in the defenseman, he's going to play until Sidney Crosby comes back. Um, and I think if he continues that level of play that he had for that small sample, I think that he's going to make a strong case to stay in the lineup over someone such as Zach Aston Reese, who at times has been good this season, but other times you can definitely take him out of the lineup. Uh, he just, he's still kind of a maddening player. He's still kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, the Rangers have a lot of guys who kind of fit that description as well. And it kind of shows because, you know, Coach Quinn is kind of, he's not afraid to, you know, make somebody a healthy scratch who's not used to being a healthy scratch you know mark Stahl was a healthy he's injured now he hurt his ankle but he was a healthy scratch for three games this season and then brady shea who's kind of been you know at least by ranger standards has kind of been a mainstay on the on the blue line you know a, a defenseman and you know all these guys have sat all these guys have been healthy scratches at one time or another so it's very fluid but i kind of like that because you know cliche or not competition does make everybody better and you know i think it's good that you know, these players, especially a young team, that they gotta know like, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta earn you gotta earn your minutes and you gotta earn even just being in the lineup every night. Uh, is it is it similar with the Penguins? Will they mix up their healthy scratches from night to night? Uh, yeah, when they were fully healthy when going into that game against Edmonton, they had a really tough decision at forward to make and they scratched uh, the newcomer Dominic Cassoon um for Zach Aston Reese ended up being a bad decision because the next game, Cahoon went back in the lineup and he scored his first goal of the season. He's been great ever since. But um, it, it's a really good problem to have when the Penguins' lines are, are fully healthy because I think this is probably one of the deepest groups of forwards that the Penguins have had in a few seasons. Yeah. But uh, I think even without, I know, Crosby tonight, um, they still have a good group of forwards, though, of course, Crosby makes it so much better. But um, And, of course, Hornquist. But when those guys get back, it's just a really good problem to have with Lafferty there, Austin Reeves, 
He's a good 13 forward. You're going to keep Cahoon in the lineup no matter what. He, he started out a bit slow, but I think a potential healthy scratch going forward, I mean, people are going to maybe hate me for this, but it could be Alex Calchenyuk because he's just – I don't know what's going on with him lately. It's, it's kind of been a mess. He's looking for his first goal. He's trying to do too much. Of course, he came over in the Phil Kessel trade. But it's just – it's not looking good right now for him. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think that can happen too. You know, whenever somebody goes a long time, you know, without scoring a goal, you know, they start to press a little bit, they grip the stick a little bit tighter, and it, it kind of just, you know, bleeds into all part of their game. No, no, I mean, no, I'm just not really sure what it is. He's getting minutes with Evgeny Malkin every night. I mean, a bunch of them too. So yeah. I just don't know what it is with him. Hopefully he can break out of this funk and then the goals start coming because they're going to need it since they, and he was the main piece acquired in the Phil Kessel trade. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, we can wrap up here in a couple of minutes, but. Um, I did want to ask you about the Penguins power play because, you know, again, I'm looking at these stats and just kind of seeing where the Penguins rank and seeing what kind of jumps out to me. And I noticed, you know, they're near the bottom of the league. I believe it was 28th and just 12.5 percent on the on the power play, which I mean, when you've got a team with as many goal scorers as they have, you know, again, as, as kind of an outsider looking in, I don't I did not expect them to be, you know, a bottom five power play team. So, I mean, is it bad luck? Is it just something's just not quite clicking there? I mean, is there anything you can kind of point to why they're why they've struggled on the power play? It's just bad in general. I, they can't ever get. They can't gain the zone entries. And when they try, they, the puck just gets cleared down the ice. Then when they get in the ice, they're like overpassing. I would say they're looking for that concrete goal and instead of just firing it to the net. Yeah, it's in an 0 for 26 skid right now. I've, I've been watching wow. this team for a very long time. I've I've never seen it that bad in the Sidney Crosby of getting Malkin era. And you know. The other night he was asked about it. He's like, yeah, our power play, it, it sucks. And, and, <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he straight up said it sucks. And I that's, know, that's, why, that's why you got to keep balking around, man. He keeps everybody honest. He's, you know, he's very blunt, you know, lot, lot, speaking a lot of truth there. I like it. Oh, he's hilarious in the locker room. Some of the quotes that I've seen over the years, he's just a riot. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, they can't gain the zone. They're not getting a lot of pucks on net. They're trying everything. I think yesterday in practice, Mike Sullivan had them practicing a five-on-oh power play to try to get them out of the skid. They didn't even yeah. have any uh, penalty killers during that uh, in practice. I found that pretty funny. But, yeah, now that Cindy Grobs is out, that's not going to help the matters because they're going to put Nick Bukes out of all people on the top power play, which is an interesting, uh, interesting proposition there. Yeah, I guess at a certain point, you know, you slump long enough and you said 0 for 26. I mean, it may maybe it gets to a point where you just pick names out of a hat and that's your power play unit. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I think they were trying to split up Crosby and Malkin, and I've never been a fan of that. If you want to snap out of the phone, you need both of them on the ice at the same time. Scratch that stupid splitting them up garbage. But, yeah, it's it's a mess. Whenever they get a power play, everyone in the non just wants them to, to, to decline the penalty because it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, just keep going at even strength and, you know, just see if you can kind of keep rolling that way. Yeah, yeah, because especially how the Penguins have been playing at even strength lately. They've actually they've been outchancing teams nightly. so. I mean, yeah, well, why, why lose the momentum there? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, and, you know, it's funny. I, you mentioned briefly there, you know, the idea of putting Crosby and Malkin together and, you know, how that could maybe get things going. And the the reason I know that that's a good idea for the Penguins is because as a Ranger fan, the idea of Malkin and Crosby, I, I mean, I know they're both centers, but the idea of them on the ice together on the power play is terrifying, no matter what the power play is doing. Like, I, you put the two of them on the ice together and, you know, I just think you get a very good chance of scoring goals. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm a Penguin fan, I, I'd be all for having them both out there at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they need, they, I mean, they usually do. They always keep that going. I just I saw the other day that they were trying to split them up, and it's like, no. 
don't, don't, you know, that does not need to happen. And of course, I know Sidney Crosby's hurt, but even when he comes back, um, just keep them on the same unit. You don't need to overthink it. I hear you, man. I hear you. And, um, you know, before we wrap things up here, I, I thought something that might be kind of fun to do. Obviously, you know, the Rangers and Penguins, great rivalry going back however many years you want to go back, probably before either, either one of us were around. And I thought it might be fun to just kind of like, what, what is your favorite moment in like Penguins, Rangers, like history, like in the rivalry? Is there any like playoff win or anything that kind of, you know, jumps off the page for you? And then I'll give mine. After there's, a lot, there's, there's a lot. There's a couple. Um, obviously, uh, the funniest moment is when, of course, uh, Henrik Lundqvist flipped over the net uh, during the <laughs> 2016 game. God, we, we, everyone, um, we still laugh about that. Whenever the Penguins play the Rangers and he's in net, you always see a bunch of tweets about Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, it's just a little bit of a fun. That was really fun. And, of course, I think my earliest memory, of course, the 2008 series, uh, game, game five, Marion Hosa scores in overtime. Uh, I remember my mom uh, absolutely uh, freaked out when Hosa scored. Um, I still miss Marion Hosa a little bit to this day, considering how good he was. And then uh, a little bit, uh, it's not a favorite moment. It's, it's kind of a bad moment. I remember the, the 2014 series when you guys came back three down three games to one. I remember back going into that game, I was like, okay, if we win, it's great. They move on. But it, you know what? If we lose, it finally brings an end to this awful this regime that stayed here way too long. And, when we lost, I mean, I wasn't even mad when the Penguins lost because I knew Mario Lemieux was going to get rid of both Shiro and Bilesma. You can't, considering yeah, the yeah. three chokes in a row. Yeah, yeah. The, the writing was kind of on the wall there, especially after the Rangers came back from from three games to one down, and that was actually going to be my my choice for this because, you know, for a long time the Penguins just had the Rangers numbers, you know, and, and the, every year, you know, I'm watching the Penguins, you know, they're winning the cup or they're at least you know making deep playoff runs or they're knocking the Rangers out of the playoffs or whatever it might be. And going into that series that year, and that was in the second round, I felt like it might be the Rangers' year. I, I just felt like the Penguins didn't have the depth that year that they had some other seasons. And and even Crosby and Malkin, I mean, they're Crosby and Malkin. You know, they can take over a series at, at the drop of a hat. But I didn't think that they were firing on all cylinders at that time. I just felt like it should be the Rangers' year. And I was so mad when, when the Rangers, they lost game four at the Garden to go down three games to one. And I'll be honest, man, I thought they were dead and buried at that point. But you know, they, they came storming back. I remember um, Martin St. Louis' mom actually passed away, you know, somewhat unexpectedly. Yep. And, and the team just kind of rallied around him. I mean, they, they looked like a new team, you know, when they went back on the ice. And, you know, when, when the clock finally hit zero in game seven and the Rangers held on for that 2-1 win, I, I'd, I'd have to say that is my favorite moment as a, as a Ranger fan in this rivalry. I, I don't think you can go wrong picking that one. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was serious. The Penguins, they did not have nearly the depth that they have now. I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was basically just a Sidney Crosby was getting Malkin show. I mean, that's basically yeah. James Neal. He was, I forget that he was still on the team at that point. Shribay, Lee Stefniak, Brandon Sutter. I mean, Chris Kunitz, of course. I love Chris Kunitz. But, I mean, they had a fourth line of Joe Vitale and Craig Adams. Oh, it just makes me cry when I hear <laughs> that. I mean, Chris, yeah. Chris Letang, of course, was Chris Letang. They had Matt Niskin before he had the payday. He had a really, really good year. But yep. they had Rob Skidberry that year and, and Eric Engeland and all those bad, bad defense and all these bad depth forwards that they were icing on any given night. It was just, they were asking Crosby and Malkin to do way too much that year. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, the, the guy who scored the game winning goal in that game for the Rangers and put them up two to one was actually Brad Richards and Richards. Yeah. Like by that point I had really soured on him. I think the year before he actually might've been a healthy scratch in the playoffs, which is crazy. And he bounced back a little bit that year, but you know, obviously not never really one of my favorite players on the Rangers, but obviously coming up clutch there you know, as, as he's kind of been known to do in the playoffs, a uh, big goal there to, to give them the, the lead and ultimately the win. 
Yeah, then Henry Hunquist just shut the door right after that as the Penguins kept pouring it on. I was, I remember I was yeah. getting a little frustrated. In there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. That that whole third period was like a twenty minute power play. Hmm. But uh, yeah, all right. So I guess this will wrap things up for this special crossover episode of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Penguins. Again, thanks everyone for joining us, and thank you Hunter for joining me today. I had a blast here. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch the game. And we'll definitely do this for the next uh, couple games when the Penguins play the Rangers again. Absolutely, 100%. So enjoy the game tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time.